0: Touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q.
2: It was the 2013 Home Run Derby. That was the one when my man Cespedes from the A's won it, thanks to Paul Gutierrez, who just tweeted the picture of him accepting the trophy. I low-key hated on that. I was happy he won because he was an A and Cespedes was a hell of a player. But, man... All the reports have been like, when these guys win, win the Home Run Derby, man, something just ain't right the second half of the season. You know, and it just wasn't right. It just wasn't right. So, yeah, I was a little angry about that. I remember I, was, I went on a big, long rant while I was on the radio in Central Texas about it. And, you know, of course, everyone there is a Ranger fan, and, and that's the same division that the A's play in the AL West. So they're like, ah, there goes your guy. And then when he got traded, it was even worse. And I remember when they traded Cespedes to, what, the Red Sox? For uh, for a guy who was just gonna seal the deal and be the be the man, he was gonna lead them to the promised land. Yeah, he didn't do any of that. I'm still a little bitter about that. Now you got fetal cats running around the coliseum, and they're the one. And you got uh, what's the other? Not uh, not rats, but uh, what's that other thing that looks like a rat? You know what I'm talking about, Demond? What's the animal that looks like a rat?
3: Ooh, is it possums? Yeah, Ah. possums. It was hanging
2: out the (laughs) press box at the roof of the press box and everything. Yeah, now you got those kind of issues going on at the Coliseum when there was a point where there was a lot of winning baseball going on there. Don't get me started again. Used to love walking out of the Coliseum to cool in the gang, celebrate good time, come on, and the A's having it up on the scoreboard. Three million fans have come through the Coliseum, you know, this year. It was fantastic. It was great. My grandfather had awesome season tickets right behind home plate, but right in the shade. You don't want to get too hot, you know what I mean? You got to be in the shade. You got to be in a good spot. The only thing it wasn't a good spot for was trying to catch a foul ball. I was the only thing because the concourse above you got in the way. I was going to catch it too. Every game I went there thinking I was going to catch a ball. You know how many balls I caught there? Zero. Never won. The only time I actually got a baseball from a game was when I went to spring training and watched the A's play down in Phoenix, Arizona, and everyone gets a ball. Like, they hand balls out like you're Oprah. You get a ball. You get a ball. You get a ball. Oh, you're a kid? Here. Here's a ball. I mean, like, they throw them out like candy. You know, like the NFL hands out painkillers. They were handing out uh, baseballs. They just were letting everybody have them. I know I was a cheap shot in the NFL, but it's all Yo. good. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's what NFL players would tell you. that It's like Skittles they hand out on the sideline. You thought Marshawn Lynch was just dipping into some some uh, Skittles, man. They hand those things out like candy. But, you know, that's a whole other story for a whole other day. But, yeah, man, thank you, Paul, for that uh, that tweet. That was awesome. Uh, I was, man, still a big A's fan. They just We all know. We all know what the name of the game is. Everyone always tells me, your A's are coming to Vegas. You can go see them all the time. Yeah, sure, sure. Bring me Cespedes. Bring me someone with a name. Bring me some, you know what I mean? Bring me, seriously. Like, I like seeing the young guys. Bring back all the players you traded away. I like seeing the the young dudes develop, but those are called the aviators, right? I mean, that's the aviators, and we play their games right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. I enjoy the aviators. I get to see the young dudes develop. That's great. But when young dudes get to the league and they become stars, I got an idea. Hold on to them. Hold on to a few of them. I don't know. Let's try something new. Right? Let's try something new. I know half the league is doing it, but why don't you go ahead and get involved? Do you know this? And then we'll get into Mike Haynes' conversation. Let me tell you this the Dodgers are going to pay $47 million in luxury tax this year because they went over the salary cap. And all these guys that have monstrous deals, $47 million in luxury tax. Not salary, but luxury tax. That's just extra, right? You know how much the A's salary, how much their roster is costing them this year? I'll give you one wild guess. Go ahead, Devon. Try your best luck. Forty-five million. Forty-eight. One million dollar. One million more than the Dodgers' luxury taxes. Can Can somebody get up to speed and start operating like a twenty twenty two program in a, in, a, in, a, in an organization? Please. Hell, there's guys. There's guys that play for Alabama. College football that are getting more in NIL deals than the A's are spending on their salary. Sorry, I don't mean to go on a rant, but it makes me angry. 405 is the time. On Saturday, I had an opportunity to not only catch up with Lester Hayes. You heard that conversation right here on Monday. But I also got to catch up with the Hall of Famer. Lester Hayes should be a Hall of Famer. But got the chance to catch up with the Hall of Famer, Mike Hayes. Fantastic conversation. One-on-one, Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, the podcast studio. Here is that conversation. Joining me now here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center is the Hall of Famer, the Super Bowl champ, Mike Haynes. How you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Having a good time.
2: Yes, yes. Having a good and time.
1: nice day today. It is.
2: It's a beautiful day, and I know you're getting the tour of the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. How how cool is this building?
1: I cannot believe how cool it is. You know, <laughs> really. I mean, I wish I could come back in another life and <laughs> and do this one more time.
2: Right, right. It's funny. I was talking to, to Lester Hayes, and he said, "I think our building was a, a barn." He's, I don't know what I don't know what to expect when I walk in this place.
1: Well, this is really nice. I mean, it really is. And I, you know, the the guys who uh, didn't know what what it was like before, they right. don't know right. what they have. But it is unbelievable. The greatest um, tools to work with. Right. Um, people like you to help and educate folks is much easier I would have been thinking I would think that coaching would be a lot easier too <laughs> right in this environment
2: well I'll tell you this is this is so much fun being able to be here in studio get to hang out and talk to greats like you and, and, and Lester and I was asking him about you guys being such a great duo one of the best of all times and uh, he went into a fantastic story about being at Texas A&M and you being at Arizona State and and all
1: but just how, how fantastic was that for you it guys was, to be it able to was fantastic yeah and we're both from Texas, right? I yes, Texas. Right. I was born in Texas, right? Born in Texas, and even when I was playing in New England, that guy Raymond Claiborne he was from Texas, so right. I've been around Texas corners basically the whole time. And, um, and really smart guys that love to play the game and not, um, selfish, you know, mm-hmm. we're unselfish guys, you want to help the other guys as much as you can. And uh, I was really surprised, you know, that I'd, I'd been playing in the league when I came to the ridge, I'd already played seven years, right? I didn't think I had a whole lot left to learn. But the Raiders played more man-to-man defense than the Patriots did. Mm-hmm. We played sophisticated zones that looked like man. Uh, and so working with Lester, I actually learned a lot more. Uh, and Willie Brown right. and, and Skin. We had some good coaches here that uh, really focused on man-to-man. And I really felt blessed playing in my eighth year that I was still learning and I could go home and work on something and look at film and look at it differently differently. It was really good. I think that helped me play a longer, longer career.
2: Well, you had almost fifty career interceptions, and you know, I, I was talking about the Raiders' defense from a year ago. They had six interceptions as a team, and I kept saying that creating turnovers is like a mentality. What is it about being able to create turnovers?
1: Well, you'd like to think it starts in practice, right? You know, and uh, and so in practice, in the Raider practices, our defense, when it's defense, period. Mm-hmm. We, then we go for the ball you know when it's offensive period we let the wide receivers catch the ball you know it's their period right but when it's defensive period we basically try to intercept it we try to uh you know figure out what we're going to do if the if you have an interception here you know, everybody's running to the right side or to the left side or whatever and how you're going to block for the guy uh and we played like we practiced right. that's really it and um you know a lot of guys had good hands but we also had stick' em. Back in those days. <laughs> right. Know? And so, like uh, like Lester used to wear a lot of stick right. right. And when they outlawed it, it really kind of impacted him. Um, but, you know, we had um, a coach named Fred Bolitnikoff, who also used to use a lot of stick when he played. And he showed us how to use a little bit of stick that nobody knew about.
2: Nice. <laughs> I like it.
1: Uh, and today... They don't need stick Those gloves that the guys are wearing, they're actually better than the stick I believe Uh, it. The the thing that the stick did is it ruined the ball. As soon as 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 a receiver or a defensive back touched that ball, that ball was no good anymore. They couldn't go to the side and wipe it off Mm -hmm. and put it back in the game. That ball was no good. Right. So they had to outlaw it. Otherwise, we'd still be using it now. But those gloves are so good um, that, you know, it – no, nobody's gonna miss stick them.
2: No, no, those gloves are. I mean, I could catch with those gloves. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. I, I one mean, handed, not, right, right. That's right. <laughs> how so you see those one handed catches. Again, we're talking with the Hall of Famer uh, Mike Haynes here, and and you know it, when I say Hall of Famer, I used to see you at the Super Bowl all the time. You had the gold jacket, and and that's a fraternity. You know, that's that's one where everyone's not in there. You know, the great Lester Hayes should be in there. He's not in there yet. You know, but. Cliff Branch is going in this year. We saw Tom Flores. We saw Charles Woodson. But now Cliff Branch is going in. And unfortunately, he's not here to to, to appreciate it. His family will. But what does that mean? And how excited are you that, that the Branch family will be there?
1: I'm super excited um, that Cliff is going to be going into the Hall of Fame. And he was one of the guys, when uh, when I came into the league, that was really feared. His, his ability to accelerate was mm-hmm. just <laughs> one of a kind. Right. There were not very many guys that could do that. And um, I just love... You know, loved it when i came to the raiders now i gotta be honest my, my first practice i knew i was gonna be going up against cliff yeah the best thing that ever happened to me is when he came out of the huddle he looked over and saw me and he said post i said huh he said post i got a post haynes i went oh i said i wonder if he's gonna tell me every time
2: <laughs> you know <laughs> right and he did yeah
1: he told me every single time i'm going to the post i got an in i got a slant i got a yeah. co- hook i got a hook I got to cross, right? All right, and so that allowed me to just let him. his, his offensive period, by the way, right? You know? So uh, I'm not supposed to be knocking the ball down, but I also don't want to look bad, yeah. in Practice, right, right, know? right, yeah. And so he helped me out an awful lot, and it helped me with my confidence. I hate, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever played uh, on a team where my teammates, you know, weakened my confidence, mm-hmm. and I really felt when I came here, I uh, came to the Raiders that Cliff had the ability to do that. But he helped me out. Right. And more than anything else, we learned to work together. And um, and that was a, a blessing for me, a blessing in disguise, and one that I think really kind of helped prop- propel me to have a longer career than maybe I would have had.
2: How much does Devontae Adams comes in? You know, the Raiders go and make the big move for Devontae Adams. How much do you think he's going to help those corners in practice, having to go up against him each and every day?
1: Well, I don't know. You know, I don't really know. But uh, if it's a lot of it starts from the inside. Right, right. You know, so those corners have to want – to mm-hmm. be the best and be the best they can be. Um, and maybe they don't, you know, that, you know, I think that then in, in our period, one, our coaches made sure that the, all the guys felt like they were doing their best, working their hardest mm-hmm. and learning all they could learn and they didn't leave any stone unturned. And I think that Devonte Adams, um, you know, is going to be a challenge for for guys in practice, but he doesn't have to be. You know, he really just has to be a challenge to the team they're playing that week. Right, right. On know, that's Sundays, the most yeah. important thing. Right. He doesn't have to come out and try to make the Raider DBs look bad. You know, and then they're going to be taking cheap shots on him because he just—they're going to get even. You right, know what I'm right. Saying? So uh, it doesn't really work like that. It, they just have to learn how to work together. Mm-hmm. But I think that having a guy with his talent that they get to go up against every single day in practice will help their ability because if they meet other players on other teams that have similar abilities, they'll benefit from being able to practice against him every single day.
2: Right. And you you came over from the New England Patriots. He's coming over from the Packers. He said he always wanted to be a member of the Silver and Black. You came over and became a Raider. What did it mean to you to be a Raider?
1: Well, um, I'd say that when I first – before I came – I wasn't really crazy about becoming a Raider. Right. You know, I was I was excited about winning the Super Bowl as a Patriot. But, you know, back in those days, we had a lot of contract issues, mm-hmm. and I had trouble with my contract all the time. And um, the, when I was holding out, um, I was really fortunate. Al Davis called me, mm-hmm. you know, and said, what do you think about becoming a Raider? And I had to really think about that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I and, But— the Raiders had moved to Los Angeles and I'm from Los Angeles. My parents were in Los Angeles. My aunts and uncles and cousins were in Los Angeles. (laughs) So I said, um, yeah, um, I I'd love to be a Raider. I'd love to. He says, okay. And he hangs up the phone and, you know, sure enough, he puts in a a bid to get me and I become a Raider and it's like a a dream come true. And I had no idea what it was like to Mm -hmm. be a Raider. Right. Never thought about that. Yeah. And, um, Man, it's so different being a Raider than it was a Patriot uh, from even from the from the fans. But even the players were different. The coaches were different. The people that work for the Raiders are different from the people that work for the Patriots. Right, you right. Know? it was just a different culture and atmosphere. And I really liked it. And I, I really started to thrive in that. And then when I saw that the players, um, they, they play they loved one another. They helped one another. Mm-hmm. They did different things for one another that maybe were unique and different. And I just enjoyed it. And uh, I just I had to overcome some things when I became a Raider. Uh, um, I don't know if you remember, but, um, you know, I had a player that was paralyzed, and he was paralyzed by a Raider player. Yeah. Um, but what I realized was that the way he was hit, that, that my player Daryl Stingley was yeah. hit, um, I could have been a guy who hit another right. player like that. And that changed me, you mm-hmm. know. That changed the way that I started to hit. And now, today, the game is a different game. You don't even – Going, you don't get coached to hit like that. Right. You don't think about hitting guys like that. Mm-hmm. you know um, You know right away that if I hit a guy like that, I'm tossed. Mm-hmm. I'm out. So it doesn't even you don't even have to worry about it now. Um, and um, but I was so glad when I was on the Raiders to, to see as a different culture and um, I love the culture. I love the way that they love to win. Uh, I love the way they celebrated their victories. Uh, I love the way they would go out as a as a team uh, in the city and do different things and, right. um, you know it was really great it was really like a, a strong brotherhood uh, even though the Patriot players were close we were nothing like the Raiders in terms of being close right uh, and so I learned a lot about that and I think it helped me um, as a uh, when I when I meet other players and other teams and stuff I actually, am able to draw back on those experiences that I had as a patron and a Raider. But most of the things that I learned um, about winning came from the Raiders.
2: And, you know, you mentioned that culture, the culture always starts at the top and and Al Davis was that guy, you know, just what, what did Al Davis mean to you? What what did he even just kind of symbolize in in the building?
1: He just loved to win period the end. And, uh, and he made that clear to me and, and uh, like I said, you know, starting on the Patriots at the top, there they didn't want to win. Mm-hmm. They do now,
2: right, right, right. You know, for sure.
1: Um, but they didn't then. It, and when I came to the Raiders, I could see it in Al Davis and everything he said, and, and I could see it in the players, I could see it in the coaches. Everybody wanted to win, uh, and everybody wanted to do it together. No, you, nobody could be off by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, doing their little thing. Uh, I didn't know that. So, like, say. We're going to go run on Monday, right? Um, So we had a game, and so now we're going to do some running. Well, I'm out there sprinting my butt off, you know, because that's the way I always train. And then one of the players, I'm not going to mention names, (laughs) you know, um, said, hey, man, what are you doing? Are you trying to make us look bad? Mm -hmm. I said, no, man, I'm trying to get in shape. I'm trying to get in shape, man. I want to be able to run all day. And they said, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I said, well, I'm running. I'm, right. You know, he said, look, man, if you want to want to get in shape, either you bring your butt out early or you stay your butt late. <laughs> I didn't use the word, butt, right, but right, right, right. I got you. I got you. <laughs> you know, uh, you stay either come early or stay late and you get your running in then. But you, you know, when you're doing it like this, you're making us all look bad. Right. And I said, oh, okay, I get it. And so I realized it took, you know, being a unit, you need to work like a unit. You mm-hmm. need to talk like a unit. You need to think like a unit. And if you want to do something outside of that, do it on your own or come another time or talk to somebody else and say, hey, man, don't, why don't you stay a little late and run with me? Right. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, and I really see now the benefit of doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some guy breaking off and doing his own thing could hurt a team.
3: Right, you know? right. Uh,
1: and so so I thought that was really a good lesson that, um, that uh, you know, something – that I will take with me when I talk to other guys and stuff, you know, so that they are aware of it when I'm talking to them.
2: That's a good lesson just in general. I mean, I I feel like I could really apply that to just about anything. You know, we can do a lot – individually but we could do everything better together right you know it yes, just exactly it just makes a lot of sense yeah <laughs> we, we learned something around here you know that's <laughs> what that's what we do we're in the teaching business I love it again we're talking with the great Mike Haynes here and I uh, very excited to have you and, and have this opportunity to hang out and talk to you and I think we talk pretty much uh, at least once a summer and we get to see each other at the Super Bowl all the time and it's always a, a great honor as far as you know just just where this you know this team is at right now of course they have a new regime uh, with the thoughts of winning—they went out, and made a lot of moves to 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 try to win, and, and obviously Mark Davis wants to win uh, just as bad as Al Davis wanted to win. How, how do they put this together now? I mean, it's it's, it's June, it's OTAs are going on, of course, mandatory mini camp will go on, and then training camp. But how do you how does this start to come together?
1: Well, it all starts with the end. You guys start with thinking about the end. Mm-hmm. Where do I want to end up? And then you work from that. How do I get there? Right. And um and so. It's really kind of funny because, you know, there are so many players now that know that, you know, you start with the end in mind, but a lot of people don't know how to to really do that. The Raiders seem to know how to do it in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they used to bring back a lot of old veterans, you know, like I'd say Willie Brown, who played, you know, and coached. He was an old veteran. He could, he saw a lot of different things that he made sure the young guys now know that. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, They had another coach and we call him skin and, um, I think his name was Jimmy Warren mm-hmm. and uh he would they brought him around and and he would do the same kind of thing we talk about different things and so um I think you have to be willing to talk about it uh, and share what you're thinking uh with your coaches because you're, that coach if he's a Raider coach he's thinking about the end like you know he's he's not thinking about winning the Super Bowl he's thinking about winning the A whole bunch of Super Bowls. Right, 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 (laughs) right. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, and so um, if you start with that, then am I in shape? Mm -hmm. Am I in? You know, can I play all day long? If I'm going to be playing man to man, am I going to be able to play at the best of my ability for four quarters? How about five quarters in case the game goes into overtime? Um, You know, it's just things like that. And like, how do I communicate with my safety? Right. Um, Do I need to? Do I need to tell my safety what I'm going to do? Yes. I need to tell my safety. I don't want him to think that I'm going to do something and and vice versa. And we both mess up. Right. Right. Nobody gets the picture. Yeah. So all these different things. I think it starts with the meetings and, you know, covering stuff in the meetings. If you have a question, ask it. Do not leave their room with if you still have a question, Mm -hmm. you know, if the guys in that room. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> And this happened to me, by the way. I'll never forget this. The NFL officials, they come out every year in training camp, mm-hmm. talk about the new rule changes and things like that. And when I when I was on the Raiders, uh, my first training camp at Santa Rosa, they, the officials were in there explaining the new rule changes with bump and run and man to man coverage and things like that, what you could and couldn't do and stuff. And the guys were, you know, it was about the end of the day and guys were, as soon as that meeting's over, we're going to get some free time. Right. So mostly a lot of guys are like, Hey man, we out of here, Mike, stop asking questions. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. You know? Um, and I, but I just kept asking them Yeah. because I had learned that if I have this question, there's other guys in this room that have this question. So we need to get it. We can't leave here. If I've got all these questions, because that means these other guys do too. So I would ask a lot, and uh, I think that it was a blessing, you know, to have a, a guy like me on the team that was asking those questions yeah. and, and, and to help our defense. Uh, and um, I think that's the way you have to think about it. Your mindset is the most important thing. Um, you know, when you do something great and when you do something poor, you know, it's just like, Hey, I, I don't play like that. I need to get back to playing the way I play, you know, and my mindset says, you know, I can do this. Right. You know, So it's a blessing, man. I think that, uh, I, I love the culture of a lot of the pro athletes now, but the Raiders, um, they had a, a different sense uh, for for that and unity, um, and um, that I didn't have until I actually came to the Raiders.
2: Before I let you go, I know you got a busy schedule today, but before I let you go, I, I have to ask. I, I mentioned multiple times you're the Hall of Famer, right? So it's a small fraternity. What pushed Mike Haynes to be great? You know, what continued to give you that burn in your belly to say, "Yeah, I'm good, but I need to be great." which you ultimately were.
1: Well, I I think what it was is I really didn't know what it meant to be great. Okay. I I wanted to be great, but you know, just because you start, that doesn't mean you're great. Right. It means you're starting. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I decided that being great meant that I needed to grade, grade out a hundred percent on every game or every practice. And if I didn't know something, I need to understand it need to make sure that I wasn't going to make any mental mistakes uh, I knew that if I'm going to be getting help from my safety, I know I need to make sure that on this particular route that, you know, they get in this formation mm-hmm. and I go, Oh shoot, they're in this formation. So there's a 40% chance they could run this play. So I look at the safety and I'll yell at the safety, you know, like, you know, watch posts, you know, right. or watch scene, yeah. you know, something like that just to make him aware that something might happen over here. Uh, so Communication. I wanted to be really great at communicating with everybody on that defense. And if I thought something, I didn't hold it in at yeah, all. Yeah. If I thought they were going to run a draw play or something like that, I would say it to the lineman, like, "Watch draw." Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not holding it in when I'm thinking, and I'm letting everybody. Yeah, know, yeah. You know, and so um, I felt like being great wasn't just about me; it was about the whole defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, all 11 guys on the defense had to be thinking the same thing and wanting the same thing. And I really felt like that's the way it was when I came here. But it was I was actually fortunate, um, you know, as a young player coming in um, at the Patriots, you know, to have a lot of changes. Like we were bringing a lot of guys in all the time yeah. and stuff. And I realized, man, this is not easy. This is not, you know, and I realized after my first season how much I really needed to know. I made the most mental errors on the team, on the Patriots, you mm-hmm. know, on the defense. But I only made seven Oh, wow. Seven for a season. Right. I don't know how many plays we ran. Right, right. You know, and really out of all those those seven, probably five of them, I got an interception.
2: Wow. You know, but, yeah.
1: I, but you go back and look at the film, I made a mistake at yeah. the beginning, yeah. and then I just fixed yeah. it. Made up for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, That's awesome. Uh, so um, so I think, you know, about being great is something that everybody has to really figure out what that means for them. Right. Uh, and it doesn't always mean the same thing for every guy. Uh, but for me, it meant a lot, and I wanted to win. It wasn't about me; it was about the team. I yeah. want the team to be great, and I, all those guys that I play with, I, I need them to be great in order for me to be great. Yeah, I'm going to make my plays. I'm going to do my best, uh, but you know, I want to help the guys on the other side. I want to help the linebackers. I even want to help my, the receivers. Mm-hmm. You know, like if if um, if I know that you're a receiver and you're always. Tipping me, you know, like you know, like every time you do this, I know you're doing that. Right. I want you to know that I know that. Mm-hmm. I say, hey man, do you know that every single time <laughs> you run that route before you do this, you do that. Right. You know, and I do, do. you know that every time you come out of the huddle and it's a pass play, do you know that you you feel your chin strap to make sure your chin strap is right because you know that if you catch this ball, you're going to get hit. Right. Right. Know? Right. Yeah. You know you're giving me wow. all kind of information. That's awesome. Yeah. All kind of stuff. Do you know, like, uh, the line when uh, it's a pass play, they don't really put their hands in the ground very, very uh, hard, you mm-hmm. know, because they've got they know they're going to be standing up. Jump up, yeah. But when their hands are down, and they know they're going to be firing out. They're in a different position. All these little things, you know, like yeah. I, I look over to see the lineman. I'm I'm saying, watch pass, guys, watch pass, right? Know? Or hey, watch run, watch run in the middle, watch run in the middle, yeah. you know, uh, you know, you're because you've got all these signals, right. I'm helping the defense. It's not just about me. And so, like, a lot of people will look at, oh, he's great because he has so many interceptions Mm -hmm. or he did this or he did that. Um, I really think that, you know, guys like, say, Lester, I can't even tell you how much I learned from that guy. Mm -hmm. We would sit down and look at film together. That brother helped me. You know, he's great. Right. All right. He's great and he can help a whole bunch of guys to be great. Mm -hmm. When I was, if not for Lester, I would not have come to the Raiders and had the kind of start that I had. Right. He was such a... Uh, special guy, when we're going to b- go up against Seattle, who who was a conference, you know, the the, the division right foe that we had to
2: beat. Yeah, yep.
1: Um, Play them in the AFC Championship game. He knew those guys like the back of his hand. Mm-hmm. So I look at film with him. You know why? Because I want to go in that game and have a good game, and right. and he can help me. Like instead of me sitting there for four hours, I can sit there for two. Mm-hmm. You know, right? And, because guys like him can help me. So so when you say you want to be great, you just have to really make that commitment. And it's not really you all the time. It's A lot of times it's your team. It's your teammates. And your defense or your offense, right. but your teammates. And so um, I really feel blessed that I learned those things. I didn't grow up in my life knowing those things my entire life. I, it was a process right. that, that, I, I, that I learned.
2: I'll tell you, I, I sit here and I smile and I laugh because when I ask Lester about, you know, people saying that he's their favorite player of all time, he says, it was never about me. It was always about we. And it's yeah. almost—it's basically the same thing you're saying. Yeah. And, hey, it wasn't about me being great. It was about our team being great. It's that mentality. It's yeah. that mentality. That's yeah. awesome. That is awesome. It's a heck of a story, heck of a um, nuggets to share. I mean, I, I, I love it. I love it. I could sit here and talk with you all afternoon. But like I said, I know you got a lot to do. But uh, the great Mike Haynes, the Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champ, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. There he goes right there, Mike Haynes, the Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champ, uh, long-time Raider, One of the best defensive backs to ever do it for the silver and black. Obviously a great duo, him and Lester Hayes. But how about those nuggets that he dropped at the end right there? How about – the, and, and it's funny, if you were listening at 3 o'clock when we were talking to John McClain, he was saying how heady, how smart Mike Haynes was. If that did not break it down right there, how smart Mike Haynes was, I mean, that's that was Saturday. Can you imagine how smart he was while he was actually playing, when he was communicating with his teammates? Can you imagine what he was saying? When he's he's dropping knowledge on me, he's talking about chin straps, he's talking about fingers in the dirt, he's just talking about everything that allowed him to know what was coming his way. He was talking about this on Saturday. I can only imagine the conversations he was having with his teammates when he was out there on the field. 429 is the time. We'll take a break. Come on back. Your calls and texts, they're coming up next. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.
0: It's unnecessary roughness. The
2: judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course,
0: our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work. And the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q.
2: Just had a great conversation with, the Mike Haynes, with Mike Haynes, the great Mike Haynes, the NFL Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champ. Had that conversation on Saturday, just heard. Heard it right now on Raider Nation Radio 920. Lots of fun talking to Mike. Lots of fun talking the day before with Lester Hayes. Really good. Two du- great dudes to talk to. Uh, very blessed that I had that opportunity to do that again at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, earlier today, the NFL announced all the preseason times and uh, and, and the schedule. Announced, and we all knew what teams that the Raiders were going to have to play. the Jaguars, the Vikings, the Dolphins, and the Patriots. We knew that they were going to have to square up with them. But... Uh, Today it was announced all the times, all the dates. So for the Raiders, August 4th, they are at home playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it's not really at home. That's going to be – they're going to be the home team, but that's in Canton, Ohio. That is the Hall of Fame game. So that's 5 p.m. kickoff time, Pacific Standard Time. Again, that's August 4th. Uh, August 14th, Minnesota. That is at Allegiant Stadium. 425 Eastern Time, so that's a 125 kickoff Pacific Standard Time. August 20th, they're at Miami, South Beach. That's a 7 p.m. kickoff, so 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Then they close things out August 26th against the Patriots, 815 kickoff, 515 Pacific Standard Time. So that was announced earlier today. The NFL sent out a memo and uh, just a message letting us know exactly when the times and the dates were for the NFL preseason. So that's exciting, and the only reason it's exciting is because it's NFL action. You know, when we're out there at Canton, Ohio, I know we're not going to see a whole lot out there on the field. You you never do see a whole lot, but, uh, you know, just to see the guys out there Dressed and and ready to play some football, at least ready to you know look like they're appearing to play some football and see some action For the younger guys, some rookies. That'll be good just to see them back out there in pads and doing what they do. I've uh, been wanting to hear from you throughout the course of the show 702-365-9200 That's the Radio Nation listener line. Also have the Salmon Ash text line open six nine one eight seven keyword RNR. And Demond who's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio got a bunch of messages to get to that uh, I haven't got to yet. So go ahead, Demond, uh, start rattling those things off.
3: All right, this is back when. Raider fish in Berkeley called Q and demand Fargo Raider here. I get why people want Papa, but him acting like a bitter X when we played the whiners just ruined it for me. Just win baby.
2: Okay. And look, I, I've said it before. Uh, I believe that ship has sailed. Uh, there was uh, issues between uh, Papa and the owner because of things that he had said on the radio when he was at 95.7 The Game in the Bay Area, and that was the Raiders' flagship at the time. And there's a lot of things that you just can't do. You know, There's a lot of things you can't do and a lot of things you can't say. And uh, Greg Papa, as much as I love him as far as uh, a guy that's a great play-by-play voice, uh, awesome sound Sound, uh, you know, just he, he was the voice of the Raiders that I grew up with. You know, that's just who it was. But there's certain things you just can't do, there's certain things you can't say. And he went out and said a whole lot of things. And I'll say this one of the things that I didn't have a problem with him saying, and I told him this when I saw him in Arizona uh, at the Super Bowl. Uh, this is when the Raiders were still looking for a head coach. And I believe they ended up eventually hiring Jack Del Rio at the time, who, by the way, has been in the news for many different reasons. He's been on Twitter, uh, yeah, getting real busy. But that's a whole nother subject I won't get to because uh, it's just not my bag. But um, he, he had mentioned about bringing in Mike Shanahan for an interview. And he had said, and I, I remember Papa said it on the, on the radio, like he thought that that was awful, something that Mark Davis should not do because uh, Al Davis would roll over in his grave if he knew that Mike Shanahan was in the facility for an interview. And I, I'll tell you this, I didn't have a problem with that. I'm not saying that that was the right thing to say, but I didn't have a problem with that. I pretty much agreed. <laughs> you know, I pretty much agreed and, and, and told him that. Like I knew that it wasn't something good to say on the radio especially being, you know, the flagship station of, of of the Raiders, just like we are here at Raider Nation Radio 920. We are the flagship station of the Raiders. And so, you know, if I were to go on the radio and campaign and be like, you can't bring that guy in, that's awful. Like, I might think that in my mind, but it probably wouldn't be the best thing to say. I know that that was one of the many things that he had said. He had talked about Marshawn Lynch being at the facility when – you know, he was still technically a Seattle Seahawk, and even though Seattle had given the Raiders permission to talk to him, that's probably something that he didn't need to go and throw out in the universe. I mean, there's there's certain things, and look, that's just who Papa is. He's one of those guys where you know he says what's on his mind. Uh, some of us, and I say us, have issues with not being able to always have a filter, and I, I catch myself sometimes and be like, "Yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that." <laughs> you know, I mean, there's certain things that I, I realize at times, like, "Yeah, you know, we got to be smarter than that," just in general, but you know, it is what it is. That's just kind of who he is. He's very brash like that, and and, uh, so a lot of things didn't go over well. And so, I mean, when when things came to a close between the Raiders and and, and Greg, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a big surprise, you know. And so now he's doing his thing in San Francisco. A lot of people are talking about just bring him back. Look, he's under contract.
3: Exactly. <laughs> and We got another text in. Greg Papa recently signed an extension with the 49ers through 2028, announced today via Papa Show on KNBR.
2: You think he didn't do that on purpose? You think he didn't do that on purpose? Let's make no mistake about it. One, they didn't announce that. The 49ers didn't make you know, not go in and, and get that contract extension out there. I mean, all that was, was planned based off of what has happened in the past recent days with the announcement of Brent Musburger not coming back, it was like, okay, let's go ahead and lock this guy up and let's make sure we announce it. So all, all the uh, Raider Nation that's talking about bringing Papa back, and I've seen you know, countless people on Twitter talking about it, like, it, just, it just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen regardless if he assigned that extension or not. It, just, it was one of those situations that it is not. And I'm excited. I'm excited about the new direction. I think that that's good. You know, I've been guilty of being like, hey, bring back this person. Bring back this person. It'll be great. Remember how it was before? I said that when John Gruden returned. Before he returned, I was like, man, remember how it was when Gruden was there? Let's bring John Gruden back. Let's make sure that they bring Gruden back. And I was thrilled when they brought Gruden back. And, I mean, there was times it was good. There was other times it was like, yeah, probably could have gone another direction. Sometimes you don't always have to go back to the old for it to be good. You know, you could always do something new. I love the direction that the Raiders are going in right now. I Think Dave Ziegler is the GM, Champ Kelly. Matter of fact, I was on the radio. I did uh, ESPN national on Sunday with Harry Douglas. Harry Douglas used to uh, play with the Falcons, play with the Tennessee Titans for a while. I mean, he he was a you know longtime NFL wide receiver, and he he told me in the commercial break, he's like, "Hey man, hey y'all," and they always it's so funny when people say that. He's like, "Y'all got my guy there in in Vegas." I was like, "Oh, who are you talking about? Champ Kelly. Champ Kelly's my dude. Champ Kelly. He was actually up for the GM job at this spot. The G- I mean, you know, like like he was just brat." On how great Champ Kelly was. He's like, man, that's a special dude. Like, Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly together, they're going to do some special things. I mean, that was an NFL player that was telling me that, a former NFL player that was telling me that. And I just like to bring those kind of little nuggets to the table so you know the respect that these guys have around the league. So, uh, yeah, I think Champ Kelly, I mean, I think that that's a hell of a pickup for the Raiders to have him as well. Uh, I think Josh McDaniels being the head coach, even though I know a lot of people you know, wanted to push back on it originally when it was first announced. Hell, even I pushed back at first because I thought, well we're not going to get that much media uh, access to it, you know we're not going to hear that much and look, I'm not really wrong <laughs> I wasn't really wrong. I mean, hell, we're three football fields away I don't know if you uh if you follow Vic Tafer from the athletic on Twitter, but if you do, you saw an awesome tweet today. Uh, he tweeted out a map of what the what the field situation looks like, and it was so funny because it was such a basic map you know he just kind of drew it on this uh, on this little piece piece of paper, you know whatever a little five-by-nine, whatever you want to call it, and it's like field three, and he said players are practicing on football field, football field, me. (laughs) You know, and he's like mountains, Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Like it was great. You know, it just kind of gave you a good description of how far we are. But, again, that's something for us to adjust to, and, and that's why I went out and got some binoculars today. Now, my only problem is I left my binoculars in my backpack, and I left my backpack at the facility. So, I'm hoping Adam Hill comes through with it like the first of the month. He said he will, but I haven't heard from him yet.
3: All right, this is next one from Vegas Pete. I can't imagine having Mad Max out. We have nobody to replace the energy and relentless pass rush. He was unblockable week 18, week 18 against the Chargers.
2: Right. Yeah, and that's we had a couple other calls or, or texts about Mad Max Crosby as well about he would be bad if he was out, and I just think that Max is going to continue to get better. I just think his game is going to continue to evolve, and that's not necessarily just because of you know guys that play across from him. Like last year, he had Unique and Gakwe, and this year uh, Chandler Jones, but also because Max Crosby wants to be great, he wants to continue to get better, and he's he's out at the Vaughn Miller you know pass rush summit. He's out there learning from other guys that have been there, done that, including Hall of Famers like DeMarcus Ware. But he's also teaching. Some of his tricks to the trade to other guys that want to learn from him. So I think Max Crosby, because of his relentless work ethic, I think the sky is the limit for him. And so, uh, yeah, the Raiders definitely need to have him out there. And it's so funny, you know, when he came into the league, if you remember, remember as a fourth round pick out of Eastern Michigan, the first thing that was said to him was, "Well, you got to get with Deuce Gruden. You got to get in the weight room. You got to get bigger. You got to get stronger." Then the next thing we remember from Max Crosby was him breaking his hand in the preseason game and being pissed off. Uh, you know, because he didn't think he was going to be able to make the team if he wasn't out there playing. So what he do? He goes back to the, 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 the uh, training room, wraps up his, his hand, and, and he comes back out and plays. And I think he earned the respect of all the Raider Nation when he did that. And uh, luckily we were able to see that on Hard Knocks. It was probably the best part of Hard Knocks that year was seeing Max Crosby, not only in that moment, but also when he was uh, singing a little T-Pain. Uh, when he was doing that little T-Pain, I was like, oh, yeah, Max Crosby grew up around some bros. You know what I mean? 'Cause he was he was just he was and I told him that. He'll tell you. I said that to him. I interviewed him his rookie year and uh I brought up that and I said, Hey man, uh I, I could tell then when uh, when you were knocking out that T Pain and you were performing that, I knew then Max Crosby's growing up around some bros, and he just got he just had a good good couple laughs about it. But uh yeah, I think he became a fan favorite. I think hard knocks helped help create not the person Max Crosby is, but it, it gave it gave everyone the fan base and the media kind of an idea of who Max Crosby was. And then he, uh, he ended up putting in the work. And, well, look here, here, where he is now a few years later. He's uh, signing a contract extension. He's a captain of the team. Guys across the league that have been there, done that, have over 100 career sacks, want to go play with him. I mean, man, it's crazy. I'm sure that he at some point sits back and thinks, man, I came from there to where I'm at right now and still have an opportunity to grow, that's got to be awesome. So a uh, shout-out to Max Crosby. 444 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, close out the show. Hit us with them calls. Hit them with those texts, man. You want to get them in, get them in now. 702-365-9200. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. Just got
2: a few minutes left of today's show. Looks like we need another hour. (laughs) I think we need another hour, Damon. We don't have enough time here. You just got to make it happen. I do know a guy. I know a guy who can make it happen. I do. I know the man. It's all good. I will say I'm excited to go see this movie tonight that uh, we'll be seeing. What is it called? Jurassic World? What is it? The trilogy?
3: Jurassic World Dominion.
2: Oh, my bad. Jurassic World Dominion, the trilogy. I'm excited about that. We'll see. Myself and DeMond will be hosting that, so it should be a lot of fun. We'll see everyone who won tickets to it. We will see you at the movie theater in a little bit. I plan on making a beeline out of the house, plan on picking up my backpack, and then taking the wife and daughter to the movies. So see how I am? I'm taking them to the movies. It's a movie date for me. That's how I do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Even though it's doubling as a work event. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just,
2: hey, look, man, I'm still taking them out, right? I'm taking them out, I'm taking them to the movies. What, what kind of? I mean, look, I'm the
3: guy. That's a great guy right and then there. I'm sure you're probably going to get to hook up with some free snacks, and then you're going to be like, I'll go get you some popcorn. Hey, man, you know, you know, if it ain't free, it ain't me, homeboy. <laughs> Let's go
2: ahead and get a couple of these calls in before we get out of here this evening, though. Let's go to Joe in Vegas. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind,
1: brother? How you doing, Q? Yeah, man, and that's a good movie, man. That's a good movie. Okay. Hey, I wanna, uh, I, I'm all in with this, with this year. 2022 is going to be the year. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. We got our defense. We got our offense. You know, almost. But yeah, we got. We're looking at. We're looking at it. And I'm just gonna give you a what if question. That's it. What okay. if? Okay. Week four. Week four.
0: Week five. DC gets hurt, and he's gonna. Let's say he gets. He's
1: gonna be out for at least a month. Mm. Who? Who do we have that we can say we can give him the ball and say, okay, buddy, it's up to you now. You know, DC's hurt. It's up to you. Who do we have? that can step up? I know we have a guy from uh, from New England. I don't know his name, but do we have confidence in the guy who's going to step in with the Raider Nation on their back?
3: I mean, I, who are these guys?
2: Th- thank you for the call. Good stuff. That's a great question. Uh, I'll tell you who you have technically. (laughs) You have on the roster Nick Mullins, who has had starting experience in the league. Matter of fact, first start he got was against the Raiders on that Thursday night in Santa Clara, and they beat their brakes off the Raiders. Uh, That defense was led by Paul Gunther at the time. Uh, Nick Mullins does have starting experience. I'm not saying he's a guy that you feel, oh, man, he's going to go in there and just light the world on fire, but I don't think he's also just going to fumble it all away just because he's in the game. And then the question about who you have from New England, uh, you didn't know his name, Jarrett Stidham. And I'll tell you this, I know Jared Stidham very well. I remember when he was at Stephenville High School. I remember when he was at Baylor University. And I remember when he was at Auburn. He was a guy that was penciled in to be an NFL quarterback. Whatever he did, wherever he goes, he was going to go play for three years and be immediately goes to the league because he was that stinking good. What he has that I like, a very strong arm. He's a very smart dude. What I don't like that he has is injury history. That's why he hasn't made or didn't make it really in New England. He was the guy that they penciled in and told everyone he was the heir apparent to Tom Brady. And maybe at one point he was, but he was so banged up. He had a back injury. He missed a lot of time. And, look, if you're a backup quarterback and you're not available, that's a problem. Now, he could be a lot healthier now. And, you know, he could I'm, – I'm sure he's competing right now with Nick Mullins for that primary backup spot. And what he has up on him than, uh, than anybody else is the fact that he knows Josh McDaniel's system. So, uh, in a nutshell, I know it's not a great answer, and that's not a whole lot to like, but I guess you just really hope that D.C. does what he continues to do, and that's be very durable throughout the course of his career. But thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. Uh, let's go out to Raider Dave in Denver. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
0: Hey, Q, good to talk to you in D.C. I think that there's a glass ceiling out there in NFL broadcast. We have radio, and I don't know if it's Compass Media Network's decision or the Raiders' decision of what's going to happen, but I'm all for Lincoln Kennedy being the first African-American former football player to take over the play-by-play side mm-hmm. of that. And I think it'd be pretty easy to get another player uh, in there to help him out and and do the color commentary.
2: I like it. Hey, that's awesome. That's a hell of a – Thank you for that call, and uh, I'm sure Compass Media would have a lot to do with it. I'm sure the Raiders have a big say in it as well, uh, but if that's what Lincoln wants to do, I would be all for it. I think Lincoln is fantastic on the broadcast. I really do, and uh, you know, I, I continue to throw my name in the hat just as the sideline guy because that's what I would love to do. I've told Lincoln that many times. Hey, dude, even when he was the sideline guy, and I didn't, I told him, I was like, I'm not trying to get your job, but if you ever go up into the booth and transition up there into the booth, uh, you know someone that can do the sidelines. I, I got your back. When Uncle Townie was was the guy. Uncle Townie's still in the Bay, but uh, he's doing the A's stuff. When Uncle Townie was the guy, I was like, hey, dude, if you ever need a substitute, I know a guy that can fill in, and you got his number, and he was, I got you, Q. You know? But I'm dead, I'm dead serious when I say that, man. That would be. People ask me all the time, what's the next thing you want to do? What's the next thing you want to accomplish? If I could be the sideline reporter for the Silver and Black, that would be fantastic. Another name that I throw out there multiple times, Jason Fitz from ESPN. I know he would love to have that job as well. So uh, I'm all for Lincoln Kennedy getting that job. I'm all for Jason Fitz getting that job. I'm all for Beth Mowens getting that job. Those are just three suggestions off the top of my head. I know Raider Nation's got plenty of names as well that they would like to throw out there. Let's get one more call in. Last but not least... Let's get uh, Robert in San Jose. What's up? What's up? Welcome to the show, my man.
1: Uh, thanks for taking my call, Q. Uh, I, I hadn't heard about the Jack Del Rio thing until you brought it up. Right? <laughs> I had to look it up online.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, embarrassed that he's from the Bay Area at this point in time. And how can he survive in Chocolate City comparing the murder of George Floyd to an insurrection?
3: I know. i
0: was go over in the locker room with the black players and in that city. Uh, tell me, do you think he survives this?
2: I, I don't know you know it's a good question I think it goes over as well as it went over in 2017 when they were in Washington and uh, remember they had the whole issue with kneeling and uh, he was very much opposed to that and he had his kind of issues I mean that that was major you know and and look I don't want to rehash that but I'll tell you right now as a fan of the silver and black in 2017 they were never the same after that fateful day in Washington they went into that game 2 and0 on the season and they left with a big fat L and that team was never the same he lost the locker room and that's why he He ended up firing himself after that Chargers game. Like, he literally went and announced his firing. That had a major part to do with it. I don't know if he survives it. I'm sure he probably will find a way to survive it. Uh, Washington hasn't made a comment on it, but it wasn't Jack Del Rio's best look. Let's just put it like that. It was pretty pretty ugly, and uh, sometimes you just need to stay off Twitter. I don't mind what anyone's opinion is on things, but sometimes you don't need to share it on social media because, well, then you have a wildfire. But thank you so much for that call, Robert. I appreciate you. Joe in Vegas, Raider Dave in Denver, and everyone else who's called and texted throughout the course of the show. Appreciate you so much. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same channel. 2 p.m. on the dot. Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll holler.